Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar you got here. The House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. All right, hello, welcome everyone to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael, the host of this show, and also I own the house, the House of Mystery, and my demon bisexual butler partner, David. Hello. The basement is clean today, my lord. Why must you always usher me down to the basement? Like, I don't trust you, Dave. Isn't that weird? He's never is- said, he's never, hey, the kitchen is cleaned or the living room's clean. It's always, the basement is clean. It's, well, why you know, it's must you always summon me there? It, it's the gateway to the Oblivion Bar. <laughs> oh, is that is that worthy? You gotta entrance? go through the basement first. Okay. All right. And now, suddenly, my interest has peaked, especially as the time is waiting for me over in the Oblivion Bar. I'll gladly be there <laughs> I think, and join her Justice League Dark team. Why not? I think that's everybody. Yeah. All right. So if you're new to this show, you can find all of our broadcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search the House of Mystery. And if you're an iTunes listener, be sure to give us a review. We need those reviews. I know lots of people listen. But we're not getting those reviews, and I don't understand why. Quit being fucking lazy, all right? (laughs) Go give us a five-star or four-star and uh, say a few things. Like, hey, even if it's like, hey, Mike told me to say something. Do it. Do it now. We'll we'll wait for you. (laughs) All right, Dave. So today you and I are going to be talking about Future State Justice League Dark Prophecies, part one and two, unless you want to be a French douche and pronounce it prophecies. And I guarantee you, I still didn't pronounce it the right way. way. But if you didn't learn anything from the last show, I'm uncultured and I apologize. All right, Dave. So we are going to be talking about Future State Justice League Dark, written by Ram V and art by Marcio Takara. Now, this is the first Justice League Dark storyline to be written as a backup story that is published along with the regular Justice League title. I was a bit suspect of this bullshit rebranding. So was I. So was I. But so far, there's been no drop in quality, nor has it felt like an afterthought, even though it is in the eyes of DC. It is an afterthought. But that doesn't mean the creators, David feel the same way they're viewing this no differently than if they were writing its own standalone title yeah and i'm glad they're continuing forward in that vein because it would feel a little shitty if we got a bunch of cheesy short stories essentially because that's what i thought when they said justice league dark will be rebranding as a backup story to the regular Justice League title. Yeah. I immediately went to like Archie comics and um, Bazooka Joe. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I just thought of shitty short comic book stories and I have read backup stories before. I'm not a newbie here, but even previous iterations of backup stories from the, from the nineties and two thousands, they never were that great. In my opinion. And they just felt like, hey, stories that people didn't really care about. Didn't care so about, yeah. here you go. 
Whereas I feel like they're putting a lot of emphasis still because Ram V is writing and he's definitely an up and comer. Yeah, especially. Well, I don't want to sound like a douche here. An up and comer, he's been writing for quite some time, but. I would say he's definitely feeling DC fame a little bit more. Yeah, like, he's yeah. one of the he's one of the big he's one of the bigger names that's coming up the ranks y- yes. when it comes to there we the, go. it comes to the 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 writing room. Yeah, that's in in DC right now. And like me and you have discussed about this, especially on our some of our previous Oblivion Bar moments, where we're, we're very confused sometimes with how DC approaches the writing in in regards to their comics, you know, their, their, their idea of taking these short series stories and basically just putting it out there. Just, you know, don't worry about timelines. Don't worry about like continuity. Give us a solid story. You only got three issues to do it. And at first, a lot of people were like, Oh my man, that's going to be just like you said, that's, almost kind of like Archie comics. People are going to like <laughs> yeah. rush through their stories because they, all they got is three, three issues to work with. But I think within the last four years, you're seeing that basically writers like Ram V, they say, okay, you're only going to give me two issues. I'll knock out a story. Yeah. You will not believe in two issues. I would agree. It feels like in recent times, it's almost like they have a point to prove. Yeah. Like, okay, There's, you're going to give me, this is all you're going to give me. You're not going to give me an ongoing series. Okay. Watch this motherfucker. Exactly. And Ram V, it, it, me and you have talked about him within the last couple of issues. He is getting a lot of attention now by taking stories and he may be given like, you know, innocuous subjects or even like a short run but he is just knocking it out of the park every single time because like dave okay if you were a comic book writer and you called home and said oh my god i got hired to write swamp thing people would be like your mom like oh okay great swamp thing now if you said hey mom i got hired to write superman exactly your mom would be like oh my god good for you so there's a thing here like he's taking these characters that some of these B-level characters, and he's making them stand out. Yes. It's almost weird because, like, especially when you look at Future State, mm-hmm. the Future State Justice League, it's almost like Ram V approached it to be a competition. Because, no joke, I look at the Justice League Future State, and I was initially looking at that title saying, oh, the actual Justice League is going to be the main story everyone's should turn into right ram v is out writing and i hate i hate saying <laughs> I that because like i know uh, i think it's uh i want to actually get this right the, the the writer the other writer teams that he's going up against when it comes to the justice league title mm-hmm. he has williamson yeah it's joshua williamson yeah and joshua williamson's no no joke he's he, he's been one of the big swinging dicks in the writing room for maybe about like eight years mm-hmm but Ramvi is like you look, you read the way Josh writes, and then you look how Ram writes. Ram V is like writing. Okay, I'm gonna outduel you. Well, there's in this a moment. <laughs> it really is, Dave, and he he is. I, he number one. There's no question. The guy's talented. The guy knows how to write. N- number two, Dave. He is out writing Joshua Williamson, and. 
in a lot of ways, he's outwriting a lot of people currently in DC. And I know these DC writers and and artists all like to pretend they're all on the same page and they're friends and we all love each other. Bullshit. Everyone's competitive. Fuck off with that. When you say, no, nah, we're friends. No, you care. You care. And Ram V over the last three months has the high top, the top, highest rated comic books. If you look at the critical sites, his comics are coming in at those top spots. Future state for the most part, Dave was a bomb. Yeah, unfortunately, even though I love it, now, I've loved future dollar state. wise. It was fine. I'm talking about critically. It just wasn't beloved as much as yeah. possibly they wanted. But all of Ram V's stuff, Swamp Thing, I believe Catwoman. Catwoman, yep. And Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark. All have been reviewed very favorably. I want to say the other title that was reviewed just as favorably as his stuff was the Wonder Woman title. So whoever is writing that currently is also um, being given accolades for for top-notch writing, according to numerous critical sites. So Ram V is doing good work. I'm happy that he's here. And of course, Dave, of course he deserves, and Justice League Dark deserves its own comic book. Yes. After this, yes. But if this is the only way, though, that DC will continue to give us Justice League Dark, I will gladly take it. It's not ideal, but... The way Ram V is making those stories work so far, specifically in Future State here, which we're going to be talking about, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, especially if the quality of the writing is there. I mean, like, if if they have to split a title to share a title with another, 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 like two titles in one comic. Yeah. As long as the quality is there, that's all I ask. Yeah. And Ram V is fine. And that's not saying that Josh Joshua Williamson's no slouch. No, he's not. I mean, we're, we're not here to the 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 story in Justice League is okay. It's okay, <laughs> but then you get to the end where it's like uh, you see what Ram V is tossing around with Josh, mm-hmm. D- Justice League Dark. And you're like going, it's it's dude, it's different vibe. It's different it feels vibe. different quality wise. It's dude, it's, it is better. Yeah, so far, so far. So, Dave, just with is the case with all of the DC's future state titles, the writers have been given, I guess you can say, a bit of creative liberty to craft whatever future they wish to create. Yes. Because it all goes under the idea that these are potential futures. Futures. That's how it was promoted during the uh, the press of future state. And Future State Justice League Dark is no different when it comes to those creative liberties being taken. Ram V is relatively crafting this idea that's it's it's easy. It's an easy idea, but it doesn't make it any less brilliant. He chose to use Etrigan as his foundation. And I suppose you could say the main plot propellant as well. And we will talk about this a bit more in just a moment, but Ram V Dave has a knack for pulling together a very dynamic story in a very small amount of time. Uh, we had talked about how well he wrote future state swamp thing story. And of course the things we talked about at the top of the show, just a few seconds ago, the same thing here, the same thing applies here with justice league dark world building. Dave 
isn't easy to begin with, but the fact that we have Ram V plotting out entire concepts that would normally be for longer run stories, and yet he's pimping out fully realized worlds in a matter of pages. Pages, yeah. And sure, he takes uh, bits of pieces of what we know, but that doesn't make it any less difficult. People like H.P. Lovecraft, Tolkien, George R.R. Martin, Neil Gaiman, and Tarantino create these elaborate worlds, their own universes, with their own set of rules, myths, yes. folk tales. And that's one of the reasons that their work stands the test of time. And so many invest in their worlds and stories. Mythos is important. And Ram V is doing those types of things. Oh, yeah. Look at Future State Swamp Thing. An entire world created. Entire concept. This entire new universe and the way things work. And he did the exact same thing here with Justice League Dark. And yes. the story that revolves around Etrigan and the main antagonist, which is Merlin. Merlin. So, Dave, give me your initial thoughts on this. My initial thoughts on this. I came into this. This this first issue, I actually came in because of the the lead the lead team, Justice League. Yeah. Then I got to the Justice League Dark stuff, and I was just shocked. Like it was night and day. The which story grabbed you first? Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole point. What I, what I always tell people when I, when I read comics, if a comic can grab you within two to three pages. That's as much as you as the writer got to make sure your audience mm-hmm. will be invested into your title. And then <laughs> you look at justice league. Joshua Williamson does a fine job. He does basically gives us a simple story of how the future of justice league might look like. Okay, cool. But then Ram V comes in and says, no, no, I'm going to show you a universe that I came up with. Yeah. An idea, a concept, mm-hmm. a concept where the whole world magic is under the rule of one man. And it is the one man that you would never guess in the DC universe would turn the world upside down, which is Merlin. And because essentially as DC fans, we know Merlin, the character, as a character of magic that might be flawed, but at the end of the day, he's like Dr. Fate. He, he does the right thing. <laughs> and then you find out in this, Ramvi goes, no, no, no. Merlin thinks he's doing the right thing by basically just tur- saying, everyone must follow my rule. So did this? So you're saying that you liked everything he did? I loved the, everything he did because he introduced a universe to us instead of like Joshua Williamson, where he goes, "Here's this team of people, and this is this is the issue that they have with each other." Yeah, right, and I'll I'll double down on that, Dave. I would say that these two issues are probably better than Volume Two through Six of New Fifty Two Justice League Dark. Two issues, Dave. I will agree with you with that. I will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love the first volume was solid. I love all of Justice League Dark. Okay. Because I'm a fanboy. But when you look at the 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 quality of the writing, two issues. And wait a minute, Mike. Not even two issues, because remember, he's had to split his time. Yeah, he's to forty pages, David. (laughs) Forty pages. So essentially, he has one issue. Yeah, he has one issue, and in 
one issue, Ramvi was able to actually establish his universe, establish his characters, establish his narrative. And also bring closure to his storyline in a satisfying manner while also leaving a question mark. Yes. And bringing yet again, and we'll talk about this more in depth. In fact, you know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. But there's a thing he, you know what? No. He brings Etrigan full circle, just like he did for Swamp Thing in Future State. He gave them a sense of closure to their story. Like, this is a story arc. This is all the things that have happened, and this is what your life amounts to. He did the exact same thing with Etrigan. Yes. It was good, man. All right, so the official synopsis, a new tale of the Justice League Dark, a witch hunt across the DC universe, begins as magic users are harvested and executed, and the team is on the run. Zatanna and Detective Chimp, now possessed by Edrigan, must round up new and old teammates, including John Constantine, Ragman, which I did not hate in this story. Oh, dude, that was awesome what they did with Ragman. Yes, it was. And Madam Xanadu. Their mission to battle the power mad Crow King Merlin before his plans for magical domination destroy the fabric of reality. But where is Dr. Fate and what led the team to disband in the first place? All right. So. As is the entire concept of future state, we get a glimpse of a potential future and for all intent and purposes, this is the future that awaits our Justice League Dark Squad, a world ravaged by Merlin, a place where magic is essentially outlawed, and Merlin has claimed ownership over it. Yes. Now, Dave, I agree with you. The writing quickly pulls you in, and that is the first thing I look for when reviewing any piece, whether it be a comic book, a book, a movie. How are you going to keep my interest after those initial pages? Fuck, initial paragraph if you're reading a book and the initial panel. How are you going to make me want to turn the page in a world where we're consumed by by better entertainment, if you will? There's always something to watch. There's always something to read. And the writing does quickly pull you in. We are introduced to this gruesome scene where magic users, including the angel Zuriel, have been tortured and then murdered. Detective Chimp and Zatanna investigate. The way the opening is written, it sets the tone immediately. Whatever was able to kill Zariel, heaven's most formidable warrior, has to be a force to reckon with. So we know this is serious stuff. Yeah. We're in some type of magical dystopian future. Things are not all right. Our team has been broken apart. Who knows where they all are? And my point is that everything is set up in such a concise manner within those opening pages. We are on board from the get go. We have questions immediately. Yes. The good types of questions. Not like, hey, who the fuck is writing this piece of shit? No, it's like, this is fucking great. Yeah. And I dug Ram's strategy to essentially use Etrigan as the narrative thread that keeps much of the story together. Yes. Being the thread or foundation and using the chimp and Zatanna as a way to see into that world. And through them, we discover how Etrigan is involved in all of this. 
that's a great way to start a story. Especially when you th- think think about it. Initially, I never expected Ram V to make Etrigan the main focal point. But by the by the end of it, you realize that while we have Zatanna and, and Detective Chimp, they're they're the beginning characters. They're the only lasting members of Justice League Dark, right? Right. But at the end of the story, you begin to realize that Ramvi's whole point was to make Etrigan the whole crux of the situation. He is the soul of this story. He's the soul. Yeah. And he he's the one that basically at the very end, you're like going, Etrigan's the only one that could stop this. Yeah. Because everyone else it shifted a lot of importance over to him. Over to him. And I'm like going, I wasn't expecting that. And that and that shows that Ram V was taking the time to think creatively and say, I could have easily just done what everyone expected and focus on Justice League Dark. Zatanna's the new leader. I'm going to focus on her. No. I'm going to focus on giving you a, a, an actual narrative thread but Zatanna is still important because she's the leader. I'm going to tell this story through her eyes and she's going to piece it along like a detective novel. Exactly, Dave. And I like that he's not. He's not. He could have easily used John Constantine. And believe me, oh, from, a, from a bias standpoint, I'm like, yes, please use John Constantine. But I like that he's choosing to use characters that aren't typically your main focus. Etrigan is always there. He's in the background. He's doing something. And he is a a fan favorite, if you will. But how often does he get a story that, okay, sure, that might revolve around him, but where he is the foundation, the soul, the plot, everything that truly matters. How often do we get that? We just don't. No. So it's, it's it's fresh. And it's a welcomed you know, direction that you're taking a story. It doesn't mean I don't want more John Constantine, but it's me as a critic saying, yes, this is what we need more, you know, of more of the same because we all want our Justice League dark, but also give us something unique. What are you as Ram V, the writer of Justice League dark in 2021? What are you going to do different than all the other writers that's, that's handled Justice League dark? What are you going to do differently um, that Tanya didn't start. And, I'll and tell, this is Ram V doing his own thing. I'll tell you the honest truth. The one thing that separated Ram V from all of the last couple of Justice League Dark Riders, he's made every single character in his story matter. Zatanna, there's a point to her in this story. They're not just in the background. They're not in the background. Yeah. Even, even like we brought up uh, Ragman. Normally Ragman, Ragman, normally Ragman's like a background character, right? But the way that Ram V writes him into this story, he has some significance. He has some importance. And on top of that, he gives some some uh, legitimacy, it's legitimacy to, to Ragman's powers. Dude, that whole point where basically he's Rory is like going, no, don't don't let me get into that that suit again. I don't want in it. There's no souls in it. And it's one of my favorite moments in the first uh, the first part of the story is that scene where Etrigan's just smiling and he says, what kind of demon am I if I don't have a soul yeah. to take its toll? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he feeds a demon soul into Ragman's suit and it shows how powerful Ragman's suit truly is because it can hold a demon soul. And I, 
Yeah, I have never been a Ragman fan. I believe I've said this on the show. I think he's a stupid character, but I liked him. Yeah, I liked him a lot in this. And I know people are probably going to want to kill me for saying Ragman stupid. No, 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 no. Because I know there's a lot of people that love Ragman, but I just never have found a way to connect to the character. He feels very corny at times. But here he works. And and I do agree with you that moment where Etrigan gives him this soul. I mean, what type of hardcore evil souls lurk within Etrigan? I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it created Ragman or it gave Ragman the ability to be what? Like some fucking dragon almost. Yes. <laughs> and like, awesome. and like the, 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 the interesting part that Ram V took was he gave more, more personality to Rory because we, it, this is actually one of the few stories where you see that, Rory does not want to take that suit. There's something that basically takes a toll on his body. Yeah, he probably you get the idea that he's witnessed friends die. That yeah. they've been at this war for quite some time. Yeah. So and it's like it, the the whole point where you see Ragman's uh suit just hanging on the wall and he says, It ran out of souls a long time ago, and I have had it down here gathering dust since. So you see, it's not really even an option at all. And he's making excuses. And then you see like the little last bowl where he says, please don't make me do this. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I want to say that Ramvi knows how to bring, and I will say that Tanyan definitely started this oddball thing. Like for example, with the first justice league dark, uh, the new 52, you had the who's who of magic. Yes. But they were also the likely, the likely list, the the likeliest of heroes. Heroes. We have Dead Man. That makes sense. Constantine. That makes sense. Zatanna. Xanadu. Frankenstein. Like these are all make sense. But then Tanyan comes in and says, "All right, we're gonna do Man Bat and <laughs> Detective Chimp. And Detective Chimp. And-, and it makes sense. Tanyan loves monster movies and monster sagas, so it makes sense that he would use these characters. And I like that this new era of Justice League Dark. They're they're really going for those D list. And because I will say, Detective Chimp, no matter how awesome he's been over the last couple of years, he's a C list. Oh, easily yes. If Even not D list." He is one of my favorite characters in all of comics. Just he's interesting. Fan. But like, if I'm being honest, he's a D list. He's a D list. Ragman is probably C list, yeah. maybe C plus. You have um, Etrigan, who's probably B. No, definitely B. But definitely a B. And you have all these different characters. I love that they're utilizing these characters that we don't really know a lot about. And when I yes. say we, I'm talking about the mainstream. As a whole, I'm oh, yeah. speaking in behalf of the mainstream and introducing new readers to these lower tier characters that are just as interesting, if not more interesting, as our normal A-list squad. I mean, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, let's just be honest, they're a little tired at times. Whereas we get these characters from Justice League Dark that Ram V and Tanyan are pimping out, and they're pretty damn interesting using some of the the, the, the Rolodex of, of magical characters. It works. I like it. They give us these moments that are really cool, like the Ragman moment you were talking about, making someone like myself who's never been really a Ragman enthusiast. And suddenly I'm like, okay, all right, maybe maybe I can like Ragman. (laughs) DC, if you're listening, give fucking Ram V a 10 issue story arc for Ragman. 
or Dead Man or or he already has Swamp Thing, doesn't he? Yes. Or any other character. Can you imagine Ram V taking the reins on any one of these characters as a bit of a spinoff title? Oh, he would do amazing things. I mean, even take it even a little further. Like when you get to the second part of the story, right? In not one page, Mike, I want to attest that basically in half a page, he essentially gave the origin story of the new Dr. Fate. Yeah. And just in two, uh, I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now. In three panels, he gives this epic, awesome feeling of Dr. Fate that I haven't seen a lot of, a lot of writers do for Dr. Fate in a long time. But he uh, sets yeah. the tone for every single character because he doesn't want to waste time with any characters he deals with. This is some of the better Dr. Fate stuff we have been given within Justice League Dark. Dr. Fate never really played a big part in the earlier runs, uh, but when Tanyan took over, Fate became a bit of a villain yes. for a little bit, and and then he switched sides again. He to me, And I get why. He's very powerful, so you got to find ways to essentially kryptonite the character, clip his wings a bit. Yeah. Um, but to me, this right here, this moment in Justice League Dark, Future State, was a great way to use him, and it shows his abilities and also his earnest as a character. So I definitely dug that as well. Now, when it comes to the writing, bringing it back to Zatanna and Detective Chimp for just a moment here, I do like the perspective switch. I don't know if you caught, caught that, but the beginning of the story was written more or less from Zatanna and Detective Chimp's point of view, point of view. their perspective. Yes. And then we we get to find out essentially how this world has come about, or at least the the breadcrumbs are being dropped at this moment. And we get that explanation, you know, via Dr. Fate, that there's a moment um, in this issue where Fate explains that he was shown all the different potential, potential futures. futures. And this, to me, was the best part in my opinion of the comic obviously i love the character defining moments the development aspects but i love the the creativity behind here uh, there's a moment where explain where fate explains that he has shown that he was shown all the different potential futures and then he and then he tells etrigan that as a demon of hell he perceives time differently, differently. from the rest of us alluding to the fact that this is all happening essentially presently as humans, we perceive time linearly, right? That's the point of that statement. Well, Etrigan apparently experiences it in a more fluid fashion, but past actions. And this is what Dr. Faith says can be influenced by the futures seen. So in a sense, Etrigan's experience with this future can be averted now because he knows what could happen. And I love that because this neatly fits into the whole future state theme, yes. potential futures. futures. But rather than saying, hey, this is the future that could happen if, but we don't ever get the if. Here, we get the idea that this future is happening right now as we speak it's happened it's because happening. the demon Etrigan views time differently. But hey, now that you see this future, you can actually change it. I love it. It's so fucking easy. And yet it's smart. 
it's smart, especially in the very end when he kind of sets up what I think is the future of Justice League Dark, where he basically goes through all the characters and basically he tells them, my, uh, my freedom for your lives by my count is a fair trade. John, it matters. Everything we we do matters. Rory, you will rise above your own power. And we mentioned about the whole thing about the surprise that Satana is being kind of touted as the we, new leader. We talked about the Oblivion bar. Yeah. And then like, but you have to fill people in. Oh yeah. This is a different show. <laughs> this is a different show. But like here, well, hold on. Let me, let me even fill people in then if you're yeah. not. So spoilers here and future justice league, dark titles. Apparently Zatanna is being positioned, positioned as the, to be the new leader, the new leader after yeah. Diana. And here, fate makes the point of saying, uh, telling Zatanna, you brought us together. Even in those dark hours, we would be lost without you to lead us. Yeah. And, and Ravi makes, makes sure to emphasize lead us. So I'm like, going, just like you said, this is, this is, future is happening right now. Yeah. The only, but the, the most messed up thing that I'm like going, the only character that could save us is a demon from hell. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I like that because it wasn't even really a happy ending. No. It was an, uh, kind of a bleak ending, a little morbid, but a, a sense of hope. You have that idea that Etrigan would have to be the one to make sure this future doesn't, doesn't happen, happen or it doesn't come about. And if that is possibly the story that Ram V is going to be telling over the next, I don't know, year or so, I have no idea. I'm actually currently behind on my Justice League Dark. So I'm not sure what what's currently happening outside of the fact that Zatanna is being positioned the, as, a, as leader. a leader. But if that's a story he's he's moving forward with, maybe showing how Etrigan will avoid this, that's a good story. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Especially since he, he's essentially saying the important players in in the story going forward in Justice League Dark is Etrigan, Jason Blood, and Merlin. The relationship of those oh, three. man. Especially because Jason Blood, you know, maybe we don't want to do that. You know what? If you haven't <laughs> read it, I'm sorry. It, there's going to be spoilers. There's going to be spoilers um, in this because it's it's a can, really good story. Can you imagine that? Because that actually goes to the th- some of the things that I actually really we're using the word cool a lot because it is cool. It's a comic book. It's awesome. But from a writing standpoint, Dave, I hope moving forward after what we got in this issue with the, the, the amount of character development and growth for Etrigan, if Jason blood Merlin and Etrigan is not the focus moving forward, I'd be very disappointed because imagine we, witness the story of this bond between demon and human slowly erode. And we know why. I mean, that could be really cool. I mean, we see a more mature and confident detective chimp. So it's not just Etrigan, who's also given this development, if you will. But we, we get the idea that chimp has learned and has grown a lot over the years. Yeah. I mean, he's even the one that's now bonded to Etrigan and Etrigan's arc, much like Swamp Things from Future State, felt complete. A demon that has learned to believe in himself has taken everything he's learned from his bond with Jason Blood 
and living with humanity and using it to better understand himself and others. That's good. And that's what we were given in those two issues. And that's what I look for in every comic book I read. And unfortunately, it's not always there. You're reading these personal stories. You're seeing these characters close up. I don't think a lot of people think about the psychology very often of reading a comic book. But you're it's an intimate setting, more intimate than, say, a, a movie. Yeah. You are the one interpreting the words. You're interpreting the art. You're using all those things and trying to immerse yourself and understand what the writer's saying. And to give us this type of development in a story, it shows attention to detail and how we should be given these types of things more often in comic books. You don't have to write a 60-page epic. All you have to do is give us... I think that there's a good ratio here. You don't need to give us a 60-page epic. Give us five pages out of 60 of solid character development, and it'll be a win every single time. Every single time. And the impressive thing, let's take that further. With Ram V, he's doing it in less than five pages, dude. He's doing it in panels. Yeah. Absolute panels. Well, that scene where Jason Blood is about to behead Etrigan, and Etrigan's willingly going to go down. Yeah. And, and how like the, much does that say about both those characters? The dialogue between them. I'm glad you brought that up. That is one of my favorite ones towards the end. And he, and Ram V takes the dialogue of Jason blood to Etrigan in four panels, not four pages, yeah, four panels. Yep. And you have this awesome emotion in those simple, in those simple moments that give you gravity to the relationship between these two characters to Jason blood to Etrigan that I don't see it. I haven't seen a lot done in the past when, when writers try to actually add substance to a relationship between two characters, it usually takes them like pages. They'll, they'll they'll take like, don't you think Etrigan is when you really think about it, Etrigan and Jason blood are really, they're ripe for this type of writing easily. Like how have we not gotten a fucking storyline where we focus on their relationship and what they do for each other? Exactly. Like how, how did how to have we me, not gotten that yet? To, when I'm reading this and we hear Etrigan say, you know, him being bonded to a nobleman and how Jason blood is the one who helped him regain a semblance of humanity, essentially. And then for Jason Blood, the very person to help him rediscover his humanity is also the antagonist. Yes. And has fallen. And you do realize this is probably one of the very few stories of Etrigan that I've seen where the dialogue of Etrigan's has always been treated like tongue in cheek. Right. But here it's it's, the nature of the character. It is treated so differently that I haven't seen in a while where it's actually there is some seriousness to it. I mean. The 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 dialogue between him and Jason and Jason goes on this explanation of how he's burnt out essentially because they've they've been fighting this good fight for so long. He decided, no, we've been failing for this for this long enough. I'm going to take the the tough road and I'm going to join the side that's winning. And he he joins Merlin. But then you have this really cool dialogue of of Etrigan when he says what bitter what bitter joy is that Merlin's machine has found its cog but demon's blood turns 
runs deep. I'd rather die in hellfire than live like a dog. And you still have the, those those elements of Etrigan's stereotypical dialogue where he's rhyming, but here it there it's not treated like a joke like it's normally is about the rhymes and stuff. How many times have we covered titles where Etrigan's in and they we've had characters make fun of him rhyming his entire time, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Here Never once did I think, oh, the rhyming's going to get really jokey. No, this is how Etrigan talks normally. This is just, it, instead of being really jokey, it's almost turns, his, his the way he talks is almost very heroic. He'd rather die. Oh, he's a hero in that. He's a sure. hero. Yeah. But also, dude, he's a hero that has to face, this is why it's so complicated and multi-layered. He's a hero that has had to witness the death of so many because he needed to protect Jason blood, Jason blood to only find out that Jason blood's the reason why much of the reason why this is happening. How can you shit on this story? (laughs) You can't, you can't, you just can't. And I'm sorry, you know, like, if this was a competition between Williamson's Justice League or Ram V's Justice League Dark, his team of Justice League, Ram V's Justice League is just leaps and bounds ahead of Williamson's team. Because I, you, by the, at the time you finish his two-part story, you get a better sense of the team dynamic between Justice League Dark than you do in the regular Justice League team. Yeah, I'm happy with this, and 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 we get even more stuff about um, John Constantine, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. We're gonna go to a very quick break. We'll be right back. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Now at that point, yeah, all, we all, got shot. All bets are off. Yeah, that's like, look, I'm screaming, I'm pissing down my leg, I'm shitting myself. Hit an octave at that point. Yeah, I would hope I would be manly as I'm dying. Like, oh shit, bro. Like get a really shattering your Vin Diesel. Get a really sick, deep voice. Your last words are like trying to. Let me just try and squeeze the bullet out. <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna flex the bullet out. Yes. <laughs> like right there, that would have been. I just got shot. That's about. That's higher than Ava Maria. Yeah. That's not quite right. You know, I was. I was wondering. <laughs> We're going to hell. Oh, absolutely. It's got a lot of power. It makes me feel like... It it makes me feel like... The Rain Man Show, exclusively on Rain Man Digital. Head over to RainManDigitalMedia.com for more details or search for it wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, RAINMAN, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code RAINMAN. Again, that's RAINMAN. Because without it, no free stuff. That's RAINMAN at adamandeve.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. Today, we are definitely focusing a lot on the and Friends section. However, we do have a few John Constantine things to discuss. But first, I want to make sure people are aware, David, of our Patreon page that we that we have out there. Patreon.com slash Digital. You can pledge a dollar or more if you'd like. And you will gain access to our secondary spinoff show. It's a bit of a pre-show called The Oblivion Bar, where we talk about a lot of things pertaining to DC Comics and the ways of the world of magic. Uh, with emphasis on, of course, our JLD, our JLD team, the John Constantine and Friends aspect quite a bit. And basically anything we don't have time to get into, whether it be some miscellaneous topics pertaining to a comic we we recently reviewed or pieces of news that we haven't been able to put together into a full update show on the House of Mystery. We're doing all that on, on Oblivion Bar pretty much weekly. Whenever we drop a House of Mystery, we drop an Oblivion Bar. So head over to Patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and Pledge. Thank you. All right, Dave. So... John Constantine. This is definitely the new 52 style John Constantine. You know, magical fireballs, super magic (laughs) powers. And of course, if you're reading Justice League Dark, you should understand that. So that's nothing. I'm not saying anything that should shock anyone. But for those people that may not be watching or I should say reading Justice League Dark and they stick to those old school Vertigo titles or maybe something more mature, DC Black Label. And you're like, well, I'm going to read Future State. Oh, my God. John Constantine's throwing balls of fire. This isn't my John Constantine. Yes. That being said, this version of John Constantine was perfect and expected when reading the main DC imprint. This is the John Constantine we're going to get when we're dealing with the mainstream imprint. Period. And I'm okay with that. The story wasn't really about him, but he did have a part to play. Yes, absolutely. Because, like, the thing is, is, like, uh, like what we alluded to earlier, Ram V doesn't waste any characters. No, there's points why the characters are here with the character of John Constantine. I think what fans of Constantine have to understand is we've already seen John be the leader. We need to see John as something else. And honestly, it has to be a lot to make him want to be a leader. Yeah. That's one of the problems I had with the earlier run of New 52. Now, volume one did it right. He was just there. 
And he needed to make the calls. And he needed to make the calls. In the following volumes, it was like, yeah, I'm the boss. Okay, but what's this? How does this benefit you, dude? Like, you would <laughs> never willingly be a leader. Yeah. But here, we get the sense that John's not trying to be a leader. John is trying to... John's... In a very weird way, he's trying to do what the John Constantine we know of in in, in Hellblazer. What he does. What he does yeah. is he just tries to do the right thing. It might blow up in his face. <laughs> and, and, he, and, and, and 90% of the time it does. Yeah. And he has no qualms with what's happening. And like he has he, no qualms. He's not even trying to fix it. Like, listen, we're fucked. But I'm not going to roll over. Yeah. He's not going to roll over. He's going to have at least something up his sleeve. And, you know, like that whole, the whole conversation between him and Zatanna. And then when he unveils Xanadu was, was his, was his ace card. I want to unveil Xanadu. Because you know like, what I mean, wink, wink, wink. wink. But like, <laughs> it, it made so much sense that, yeah, this is probably John's best plan at this point, because out of all his context, I could imagine him using Xanadu because he in his brain he's like well she could tell me the future so I'm gonna force her to actually make sure to tell me what's coming up and everything else so I can be prepared yeah dude I loved it I also liked the way he was introduced which I thought was pretty cool it was just a dark panel oh dude with that was cool. a cigarette flame yeah like okay here's John and, and all it is is click and then all of a sudden there's John and I'm like, it was cool. That one for me, that is the atypical John Constantine introduction. That should be the atypical John Constantine introduction because in uh it, it harkens back to a lot of like the images I remember as a Hellblazer fan. Him in the rain, constantly in the shadows, just t- yeah. monologuing to himself. <laughs> Dave, you know, Ram V needs to write a John Constantine story. Like enough It'd with- be interesting. Very and I'm very torn because I know Tom Taylor. I don't want to get negative. It's no secret <sighs> that we weren't very happy about Tom Taylor's rise and fall. But we were big fans of his deceased work. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense how he can write John Constantine fairly well and deceased and then utterly just fail in every way <laughs> in an actual title. And an actual Hellblazer title. It wasn't good. Well, I thought about And now that. I know he's bringing uh, John into his Batman title he's writing. He's writing a 10-part Batman title. Yeah. Maybe it's a six-part. I'm not sure. He's writing a something called Detective Batman. And he's already brought John Constantine in in the very first issue. So he obviously loves the character. He loves the character, but I think. So, but it makes me bad because, dude, you obviously like the character. You bring him into everything you do, but you can't write a Hellblazer title. title. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I look back at it now, Mike. Hellblazer Rise and Fall, the problem that ultimately I felt about Rise and Fall. Is this Fall, a review of Rise and Fall, no, David? No, 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 no. But Don't get me but it, 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 it ties into what we alluded to oh, okay. earlier about how like writers nowadays, how they approach the writing. If they're given like two or three issues, they hammer out this epic story like what Ram V does, right? Yeah. With Tom Taylor, with Rise and Fall, it <laughs> just felt like he didn't 
give us a solid story. He was buying time for he some was reason. Bu- like, yeah. Why? No, no, no. Why, that, dude? That was you buying have, time. You have a prestige format black label. Why are you trying to waste time, dude? Because you don't have a fucking story. Is that yeah, why? Yeah. That's what Thank it you, feels David. Like. You did it. <laughs> but, but. You made me mad, but, David. But, but, but. Going back to this. If Ram V can do this, and especially with what he's been able to do yes. with other characters in 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 lesser numbered series, mm-hmm. if he were to do a John Constantine oh. story, I think he'd do one hell of a Constantine story. The problem is, would they give him enough issues? Because I want to see Ram V do a longer than three issue series. Can you imagine? Let's say we have Spurrier come back. And he hammers it out for a year. Then he moves on. Ram V takes over. And we just get an ongoing Hell Blizzard title again. <laughs> like we had David for over 20 years. But but that would Wait, be. Wait, was it over 20 years? Yes. So we can have a Hell Blizzard title run for over 20 years. But we can't get one that runs longer than 12 months. <laughs> no, 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 Mike. What, what fucking world do I live in? This, is, this, this would be if you were the head editor of DC Comics. <laughs> It, would, it worked for 20 years, but it doesn't work anymore. I can, okay. pi- I can picture you as the head editor at, at DC Comics basically going, bringing in everyone in the bullpen and saying, Ram V, I'm going to give you Constantine. Tom yeah. Taylor, go into the other room. Yeah, Tom Taylor, here, um, here's, a, here's a shitty title for you this week. You want to write uh, a Batman title so we can have 75 titles this year? First off, that would end immediately. If I was the end of DC, if I was the head of DC, I'd be like, it was 70 fucking titles for Batman. Who the fuck needs that? You get two titles now, Batman. And Tom Taylor, go write something easy, okay? Something easy. Cyspear, you have Hellblazer for two years. I'm renewing it for two fucking years. years. You know you have 24 issues to write. In fact, 24 issues and two annuals, okay? <laughs> Plan ahead, buddy. There you go. And then Ram V, in three years, you will take over. So get your stories ready. <laughs> get them started. I would have it all planned out. And then I would also plan out the uh, the assassination of Tom Taylor. <laughs> I, I that's very vicious because I don't dislike him. I don't, David. Yes, you don't. But when you bring up Hellblazer Rise, Rise and, and Fall, fall. <laughs> I get very angry. So I must focus on Tom Taylor's work that I do enjoy, like Deceased. Deceased. All right, yeah. So Ram V, just give the man something to write. Etri- give him an Etrigan story for DC Black Label. Why haven't we gotten an Etrigan for Black title? Label? I would take a fucking Ragman title. Title. What's a title? <laughs> I would take a Ragman title from Ram V via Black Label. I oh, mean, just awesome. give this guy the keys to Justice League Dark and let the dude work. Just leave him alone. Give him an advance as well on money. Like here you go. Why hasn't any uh, any of the Justice League dark characters gotten their own black label? Because the people it. that run DC are monsters, David. <laughs> They're monsters. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give this issue, these two issues, a 90%. A well-told and crafted story in 40 pages or so, yeah. roughly. I'm, I can't. Go I'm, ahead, Dave. I'm with you there. I mean, like. Easily just taking the Justice League Dark storyline, it's a ninety. It's a ninety. I mean, like all both both parts put together, 
absolutely set up Justice League Dark for the future, and it's amazing what Grandview was able to do in not two issues, mind you, in basically one issue. It was just one issue of Justice League Dark. And as title as as basically titles complete, especially with Joshua Williams run on Justice League, it still is about a 88. 88, 89. So the Justice League Dark stuff absolutely barrels over the 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 regular Justice League title. <laughs> and it makes me wonder why didn't they just call this why couldn't they just make Justice League the back end and give us Justice League Dark? Yeah. I know. How about you make yeah exactly make Justice League the backup story? Yeah, make the, that's how it feels. You can't do that. You can't. You have to have a Justice but League title. When, when I you understand. look at it, when you look at the two stories uh, comparatively, well, who's writing? I believe the new run of Justice League, starting with Infinite Frontier, I think is Bendis. Is Bendis? Bendis is coming uh, coming in. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Yes, I'm. I was okay with his initial work on Superman. Yeah, I was too. Um, Rebirth, right? No, not Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Rebirth was horrible. The original. <laughs> he took over halfway through. I want to say they started over. They ended it, the Superman title, and they restarted with a Man of Steel, Man of Steel miniseries. That's... And then he continued a new Superman title. And he did pretty well. I enjoyed the opening 10 issues, and then it just got... And it's just don't give a shit about John Kent. <laughs> you don't care him. about him. I, I care about Kalel. That's who I care about. <laughs> I don't care about a shitty offspring. <laughs> or his dad. Yeah. Or his dad. Don't forget, Jarrell was there too. Yeah. I'd rather be, read uh, Superman woman comics. <laughs> is, is, that's a thing, right? Is she still have a title? Super uh, Superwoman? Superwoman? No. Uh-huh. Okay, well, all right, Dave, let's end today's show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Digital, and pledge a dollar, or you can pay for a year up front. Ten bucks is all it costs. It helps you. It helps us. It justifies us coming into the studio and talking on the microphone like losers. All right. Thank you, David. Bye-bye. And may the ghost of our past stick around. (laughs) Stick around. I said that's going to be the sign-off now. (laughs) My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks, and spit on them when they're down, leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest... Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?